series titled Don't Give Up. And uh, this, this series, I hope, has been uh, an encouragement to you. I don't, I don't want it to be a depressing series for you at all. We want to encourage you each and every uh, week. But what we're going to do uh, today is look at the story of Rahab. And uh, I've titled the message, The Best is Yet to Come. Uh, and, and this is what I, I want to encourage you with. You may be in a moment right now or, or in a, 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 a bad spot in your life, but let me tell you, the best is going to be yet to come. Uh, you've got to stay encouraged. Uh, you've got to lean on him during this time. And so I, I really want us to, uh, to dig into the word today. I really want us to uh, try to unpack this. i um, not going to try to take up a lot of your time today. I'm going to be try to be time sensitive because I know we've got a meeting after uh, the service and, and you moms want to go eat or whatever you do on Mother's Day. Um, but but what, what, we've, what we've done so far is we've gone through heroes of the faith. And, and what I've done is I've looked through the heroes of the faith in Hebrews 11 to see uh, who would be next, who, who would God uh, really prick my heart next for. And Rahab was that person. And what we've, what we've done is we've looked at Abraham and we've seen that uh, he kept his eyes locked on God even though uh, his family may not have. He, he knew that he was chosen by God to carry out that plan last week. Uh, we looked at Jacob, and we saw that Jacob had a pretty messed up life. Uh, there was a lot of things he did wrong in life. He did a lot of bad things, was involved in a lot of bad things. But through it all, he wrestled with God, and in the end, he would not let go. And because of that, God had a compassion on him and put a new name because of his courage. So this morning, as we look at Rahab, uh, I, I want to read Hebrews 11, verse 31 to you first. This is what the Bible says, By faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. So for those that may not know, uh, there's some things I'd like to share about Rahab this morning. Rahab lived in Jericho, um, where, where, those, uh, where the promised land was, where they were going to conquer this, this land. She helped the Israelites overtake the land. She was known as the prostitute, in the, Canaan, uh, in the Canaanite city, and Rahab is mentioned in different books. Uh, the, the Old Testament, she's mentioned in the New Testament. She's listed in the Gospel of Matthew while reading the lineage of Jesus. And so, you know, God used her in, in, a, in a miraculous way. She's seen in Hebrews as, as we are, or we just read, as being a hero. She's mentioned in the book of James as she uh, put faith into action time after time after time again. Even though we look at that name, prostitute, God decided to use her in such a mighty way. And, and in the New Testament, she's referred uh, to putting faith in action. Rahab was this huge part to a scene of, of the Israelites when this land was taken over, and she told them exactly what they were going to need to do. And you see, she, she was what we would call the way maker that we, we sang about just a little while ago in a situation that ultimately probably would have gotten the spies killed if she would have done anything different from what she did. So Joshua chapter 2, I'm going to read verses 1 through 10. We're actually going to get through this whole chapter this morning, uh, Lord willing. Joshua chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out two men from Acacia Grove to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. And so they went, and they came into a house of a harlot named Rahab, and they lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, men have come here tonight 
from the children of Israel to, see, to search out the country. And so the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the country. And then the woman took the two spies, and she hid them. And so she said to them, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they came from. And it happened as the gate was being shut when it was dark that the men went out. Where the men went out, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for you may overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order on the roof. And then the men pursued them by the road to the Jordan, to the fords. And as soon as those who pursued them had gone out, they shut the gate. Now before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. Let's pray together. Lord, we, we thank you for the time that we get to spend opening your word. Lord, I pray that we learn something this morning. I pray that we can apply this message to our hearts. God, as we look at the message yet to come, Lord, I believe that each and every person here, um, they have a story to tell. And Lord, I, I pray that uh, you would ignite them with passion this morning to go out and share your name. Uh, Lord, I, I just pray today that uh, as we look at this passage, that, that we can learn um, from Rahab's life. Uh, Lord, that you can uh, help us apply that to our life. And, and Lord, maybe, uh, just maybe, we would go out and uh, have the strength and have the courage and understand that the best is yet to come, not only in our life, but also in the life of the church. We ask these things in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. You know, you, you realize the moments that you, that you feel like giving up and, and running away from things and uh, maybe... Uh, something else maybe has already been defeated. You know, you, you, you realize you're, you're running from, from stuff every single day that God has really already dealt with. You know, maybe it's, uh, well, when we think about the story of Rahab, my, my mind immediately goes to reputation. Hey, that's probably where some of your minds went when, when, when we talk about Rahab. Did you know that God has a way of taking people from the worst of the worst to bring out the best? And I just want to encourage you in that today. This, this is Rahab. Listen, Rahab wasn't your normal, happy, go-lucky person that was living with this perfect and mainly sinless life. Rahab was this woman that, that was known as the prostitute of the Canaanite city. Okay, We're told in Joshua 2 that she had an experience in this, especially when it came to hiding men in the house. Like The guards knew that. That's why the guards went there. That's why the king sent order for them, like, okay, she's got another one in the house, there's not supposed to be anybody coming in right now, what's going on? So they came to her, they asked her where they were, and she says, oh, they left heading that way. <laughs> you know, kind of like she always does. You know, that this probably was not the first time that she had been questioned, um, that she was not ready maybe to, to have a, a response, but she knew in her mind what she needed to say. But God loves using people that are drowning in sin to be used by Him. I, I believe that. 
I believe that God can use anybody and everybody in this sanctuary, no matter what background you come from. I believe that. I believe the ones that are out there today, not in, not in a church building, not, not worshiping God today, I believe that God can change them and use them. You know, and, and, and the problem is, a lot of times deep in our minds, we think otherwise. We say, well, so-and-so's been through this, they can't do this. So-and-so had done this 25 years ago, so now they can't do this. And we put an asterisk beside their name. And we say, God can't use them now. No, God, God had the reputation that even the winds and the, and the waves obey Him. Oh, we, we, we think about that, and, and, and we talk about the stories of the Bible, and, and even in the book of Daniel, we see that the reputation of God was that He could shut the mouths of lions. But sadly today, we live in a world that doesn't know the difference between rumors and reputations anymore. You ever thought about that? We're so quick to hear the rumor and so quick to spread it. But when it's time to talk about a reputation, sometimes we'll tear that thing to pieces, especially if it's just a rumor. You know, we're, we're, we're so quick. Sometimes, sadly, today we, 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 we understand that um, the reputations can be ruined. So often we, we can spend so much time trying to protect the reputation that we spend more time focused on the ones that don't like us instead of focusing on the ones that do. Maybe the ones that love us. We, we need to be focused on the integrity and let God deal with the reputation. Here's a question, though. Now, does your reputation, maybe on the social media world or, or maybe in the, the virtual world, match up to what God wants for us as a believer? Or maybe our, our daily lifestyle outside of church. If somebody met you in the Walmart parking lot or the food line parking lot or, or maybe you go out to eat after church is over, would the reputation match the who you are inside the church building today? Now, does the reputation hinder people from wanting to come to church or does our reputation help people run to the church? Now, in, in this situation we, we've read this morning, there's a few reputations here. We've had the reputation of God that we already talked about. We had the reputation of these spies that, that, uh, that were sent out to uh, view this land, to find out what's going on, figure out how we can overtake it. And these didn't seem to be too good uh, of spies. They weren't very smart. They, they find a house and they go to it. You know, like they're, they're there to spy out the land, and then they go and honestly, anybody else would have been in trouble. You know, She's the one that everybody's talking about. In the community's eyes, her reputation was absolutely terrible. She's the one where the 20 rumors are going around about her. There's probably rumors of pregnancy, rumors of how many she's been with. Rahab didn't have the best of reputations. But God was going to renew that reputation as he does with so many of us. The first thing I'd like us to, to look at today is that God saves those with a past. God saves those with a past, aren't you, aren't you glad today, if you're saved, that when you went to pray for God to save you, that He didn't resurface all of those sins and all those shortcomings when, when you spoke? Rahab was one of those. She, she wasn't this perfect lady. 
We read in, in, in Joshua 2, we, we, we are told that she isn't living the best of life. The rumor mill is definitely going around all over the place, I'm sure. But I'm reminded of this. No matter what our past may whisper to us, no matter what our past holds, our past was the reason Jesus was born. No, our past was the reason that Jesus walked this earth. Our, our past was the reason that Jesus did his ministry, the reason that he walked this, this, this planet. Our, our past was the reason he died. And our, our past was the reason he thought of you and me while he was hanging on that cross. No, the, the thing about Rahab is we really have no idea how she grew up, um, how she learned the lifestyle she is living by the situation she grew up in. Maybe she comes from a place of brokenness and trauma. You know, maybe, maybe she didn't have the godly mother that I had. Maybe, maybe she saw this growing up. She didn't understand it. She fell into this trap. Maybe her past has been nothing but abuse and pain, and now all she wants is to feel a little respect. Instead of disrespect and shame, maybe she had this desperate choice she was going to have to make. And this life was a life that she never really intended to begin with, but she fell into the trap. You see, that's what happens when we fall into the trap of sin, right? Like, we do it once, and, and it, it, it feels good, we like it, and then we do it again, and, and we start liking it a little bit more. That was Rahab. Hey, Rahab had just fallen in to this little trap that has become this big trap. But many of us, if we're honest with ourselves, we've seen the big trap before in our own life. Oh, and many of us, if we would just be honest with ourselves, would say maybe we're in a trap right now. Maybe we're dealing with a, a sin right now. And you see, that's the thing. That today in the American church, you don't hear that word spoke very often. You don't, you don't hear the S word. You don't hear sin much, do you? Now we, want, we want to tell you how good you're doing. Get out, go do it again. But we don't want to confront the issues. And it gets difficult. And in our own life, we are so quick to point out somebody else's flaws that we forget to look at our own. I'm sure if my mom was here today, uh, she could tell you all of my flaws. <laughs> uh, even flaws that I think she doesn't even know about, she probably could tell you about my flaws. But at the end of the day, she would say, I forgive you because Jesus forgives you. I love you because Jesus loves you. You know, there, there's many flaws in my life even today. Things that I'm having to work on, things of um, pressure that, that maybe have have been in my way. But here's, here's the thing. You know, we're good about talking about somebody else. And, and we think that, that their sin is so much greater than the one that, that I have. And the majority would say it feels good to not be losing like he or she is. And we've got to be better in that. We've got to be better and understand that no matter how messed up it is, or how many times somebody falls over and over and over again, that there is nothing that can keep us from the saving love and grace of Jesus. You know, we see two things here in, in, in the first ten verses of Joshua 10. One, we, we see that 
she is seeing something greater in the mix. I, I believe when she goes to hide those spies, she, she understands what's going on. She catches on pretty quick. And so she goes to hide them. And, and then we read in verse 6, when she's confronted by these two guards, these two people that are being in her house, she, she took up for them and she said, I, I brought them up to the roof and hidden them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order of the roof. So she knew what she was doing. And number two, we, we see Rahab acknowledged God in this. We understand that they are coming in to take over the land and that the Lord is going to give them. Look at verse 6. I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. Now she was seeing this plan unfold. So the, she acknowledges God. Okay, she, she acknowledges God here, and she understands that there is something greater in the mix. And so she can see that God saves those with a past. She can see that God is working in her life. Second this morning, I believe a lesson that we can learn from Rahab is that God will use those with a past. God will use those with a past. How many of us have a past life? A past that maybe we're not too excited about? God will use that. Okay? She, she's given them sound instructions so that she wouldn't get caught. Or they wouldn't get caught. She's like, look, I, I'm going to let you down by the way of the rope through my window. Okay? And, and this is the thing. My house is on a city wall. They're not going to see you escape. But this is what I need you to do. When you get down, I need you to hide for three days. So after that, the people won't be after you anymore. If you do that, I promise you, your way will be clear. You see what she does? She, she lays out the path for them. She gives them sound instructions. Okay, just a few weeks ago, we were talking about the Ikea furniture instructions and, 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 how, and how terrible the instructions are in, in those kind of things. But she gives sound instructions. She's like, look, if you'll just listen to me, I promise you, I'll get you out of this. After those three days go by, you can go about and you can go do your business. I'm reminded as I've studied this passage over and over and over this week, even up until last night, God, God will use those with a past. You know, he, he loves to use the past for His kingdom. I hear it said all the time, God will use those with a past. But here's the thing with that statement that I have a hard time with. We say those words, but then we limit it. And we say, well, there's just certain things that person can't do. It's like we, we believe God will use those with a past, but God can't really use those with a past can't use them in the pat with the past in the church because of their past like it's, it's like a double negative right can i be can i just clear the air this morning I, I believe that that god can use somebody in the past in the church to reach others that i cannot reach there are so many of you here today that you you had a different lifestyle than i did when you were growing up and the people that you can reach through your experience is people that I cannot reach. And, and it's like I, I, I say it all the time, and I've said it the last couple of weeks, like everybody in here today, I believe you're a piece to the puzzle. And part of that piece to the puzzle is reaching those that maybe I cannot reach or maybe those that Miss Billie Jean cannot reach. No, we, we think about it all the time. 
person sitting beside you, behind you, in front of you today can reach people that you and I cannot reach. The person that that used to be addicted to the drugs but God saved, guess what God will use them to reach that I can't reach? The person that had a failing marriage but now has a thriving marriage can be used for God's glory. The person that had a drinking problem can now be used to help people break away from that addiction and they can reach people that I cannot reach. God can use your past for greater things and I believe that with our past and breaking away from our past means the best is yet to come. I really believe that. Remember our motto this year, greater things are yet to come. It's up behind me every single Sunday morning to remind you of what we're here for, for what we're trying to understand and what God wants to use us for. And I believe that greater things are yet to come with God using our past to break through that bondage. We see in Joshua 2 that, that God would use Rahab despite her past. He, he uses her to not only save the two spies from being killed, but also for her to save her family as we see in the end of this passage. But you see, usually in these situations, usually when these things come about, God isn't done using you yet. And that's what we have to understand. God then would use Rahab to shape the character and the faith and the godliness of a son named Boaz who who would one day then rescue a Moabite widow. And I wonder this morning what whispers today that we have from Satan that hold us back from being used by God. We, we go out and we uh, start taking a few steps, but Satan whispers, you can't do it. And you get scared. God whispers, or, or Satan whispers to you, as God's calling you out of the pew to do something, and Satan says, oh, you're not adequate to do that. And we take a few steps back and we sit back down and we get scared. I, I've seen it happen with, with many men. Men, we, 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 we're, we're big and bold and uh, strong and, and powerful, but I tell you what, when God calls us to something, we're very slow to respond, aren't we? Let's just be honest. Women, I don't know about you, I don't live in your, in your, in your situation, but I'm sure it's the same way for you when God's calling you out. Sometimes when God calls us out, let's listen to the voice of God. You know, what, what, the problem is, what, what's Satan bringing up and whispering in our ears from years ago? that maybe you feel has that asterisk beside your name, that maybe you feel has disqualified you from being used by God. Don't don't give the enemy ground for what Jesus has already taken care of through the cross because he's going to use you despite your past. And that's what we can see in Joshua 2 as we unpack this story. Lastly this morning, it's moving on pretty quick. Another lesson, that I, the last lesson I think we can... Um, that we can see through Rahab's story is that God redefines those with a past. He redefines those with a past. And maybe you're here and, and you feel that there's nothing else, nothing that could be said to get you back on the right road. In Joshua chapter 2, we're going to read uh, the last part of this, and I think 17 through 24, is that what I've got up, Patrick? 17 through 24. Let's read this really quick. So the men said to her, We will be blameless of this oath of yours, which you have made us swear, unless when we come into the house, or come into the land, you bind 
this line of scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you bring your father, your mother, your brothers, and all of your father's household to your own home. So it shall be that whoever goes outside the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head, and we will be guiltless. And whoever is with you in the house, his blood shall be on your head, on our head if a hand is laid on him. And if you tell the business of ours, then we'll, we will be free from your oath, which you made us swear. Then she said, according to your word, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed. And she bound the scarlet cord in the window. They departed and went into the mountain and stayed there three days, just like she said, until the pursuers returned. The pursuers sought them all along the way, but they could not find them. And so the two men returned, descended from the mountain, and crossed over. And they came to Joshua, the son of Nun, and told him all that had been befallen on them. And they said to Joshua, Truly the Lord has delivered all the land into our hands, for indeed all the inhabitants of the country are faint-hearted because of us. You know, as messed up as this scene may be, as messed up as we think Rahab may be, her past is about to get redefined. It's going to get redefined with a fresh start. And after this land is taken up and everyone is killed, she will still be alive and around a whole new group of people that she does not know. God will redefine her. The reputation that she had would really be gone because she'll get a fresh start. Nobody's going to know her. Nobody's going to know that she's known as, as this person. You see what God does? Now, I've heard it said before, and I've actually had it said to me just a, a few months ago when I was talking to a gentleman that um, had lived a pretty, a pretty bad life, but he had moved here. And he said, I feel like God moved me here to somewhere where I didn't know so I could have a fresh start of who I was in the other state that I lived. Now, sometimes God will do that. He'll give us a, a fresh start. Like, like, I don't know, when I moved to Salisbury, I didn't know anybody. <laughs> like, Nobody knew me. There wasn't any, really any pastors that I knew. There wasn't any churches that I knew. There wasn't any people that I knew. I was like, God, what have I done uh, to deserve this? Um, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, it's a fresh start. You know, it's a, it's a fresh start. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to make a name for cross life, uh, for, for God, uh, for, for my family. And, and it's like every time Tiffany, okay, I feel bad for her because in a, in a pastor's life, Benny, you know how it is, man. Like, when God calls you, you got to go. Like, that's just, that's just how it is. And so, like, every time Tiffany would get into the groove somewhere, it's like God would uproot us. And, and like, I, I told her when we moved to Salisbury, like, don't get comfortable. I don't know what God's going to do. Don't get comfortable. And, you know, that girl went out and won Teacher of the Year uh, this year. And I'm like, okay, you know, God, don't uproot us. <laughs> you know, like, she, she's found her place. Uh, she's found her footing. Um and who knows, you know, like, she's got high ambitions. Like, she's told me before, like, I, I would love to be superintendent when, at, at some point in my life. I'm like, wow, you know, like, then I get to stay home with the kids. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll be Mr. Mom or something, you know. But, but really, like, you know, have you ever thought about, it? like, you get, you get so dug into your profession, but at any time, 
God can say, hey, you're going to go here. You get so involved in a situation and God says, you're going to go here. Now, I'm not going anywhere, church, okay? You don't, just, don't worry about that. God, God's called us to, I think God's called me to die here, I don't know. Um, but, but seriously, like when we, when we think about the way that ministry works and the way that our missionaries all around the world go out and they go to these countries that they honestly have no idea what they're going to do and they have no idea what the language is, all they know is God has called them to that situation. The same thing with Rahab is Rahab, Rahab city gets wiped out. And now all of a sudden God gives her a new way. And he's like, now I'm going to use you for something that I've never been able to use you before because you've had this cloud over your head. I'm going to redefine you. I'm going to use you in ways that you cannot comprehend. And God doesn't hold the past against us. Instead, he redefines it. When, when Scripture mentions Rahab, it's always tagged. Have you noticed? Rahab the harlot. It's always, it's even in Hebrews, okay, heroes of the faith, Rahab the harlot. But in the Gospel of Matthew, it says Rahab the mother of Boaz. You know, you see, God, God redefined Rahab here. She, she goes from this fallen woman to a chosen woman. She goes from what many say would be a bad girl to a bride. She goes from a mess to a mother. She goes from a prostitute, and listen, to an ancestor of Jesus. Like, wow. You know, you, you know what is so beautiful about that, though? Is that He can redefine you and He can redefine me as well. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 says that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. First uh, John 1, 9 says that we confess our sins, then He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But the question is, what sin do we need to give over to God today? No, what, what is it that's holding us back from being redefined? No, don't, don't leave the place today without knowing that you can be forgiven by this graceful and merciful loving God that we have, that we serve on a daily basis because He is with you. The song that, that we opened up with, uh, the, the way maker, He's the way maker, He's the promise keeper, He's the light in the darkness, He is faithful, church. He is so faithful. And I remember just two, almost, almost three years ago, three years ago in July, when we came and we said, God, I don't, I don't know really the plan. I don't know the purpose. We just had uh, this huge place that we were in. Um, Danny called it the monolift. Um, uh, you know, we looked around and I'm like, oh my gosh. It was so overwhelming. You know, to be in that place by yourself. You know, and, and to stand in it by yourself. I think I had like 66 rooms in that, in that building. Now I wish I had a few more rooms. Um, but, you know, we, we can always add on rooms, right? Um, but I remember, and I said, God, define us for who we are. No, let us not be bound by buildings and, and parking lots and everything else but let us be bound by your word and let us be bound by your spirit and God just move just move in a way that we can't comprehend and man has he been faithful 
Has he been so faithful to us? Look at Rahab, some, someone that many would think has no hero status connected to her whatsoever, was in fact a hero. We found out in, in Joshua chapter 2, as, as we read, that she saves the lives of these spies, and then we're told in return that the spies would pretty much give her immunity and save her family when they attack the land to overtake it. Rahab's story should give us all a hope that whatever we're going through, that God can use us too. A story like Rahab should really empower us to know if God can use a person like her, then surely he can use a person like me. I've said it to you before, no matter how messed up you think your life may be, God believes you are this unique individual with a unique purpose, and he wants you to discover that this morning. When when you think your, your life could get no worse or that God is done with you and there's nothing that can help you get out of it, God can and He will redefine who you are. The question is, do you know Him today? I I think about our mothers, and I believe it would do nothing but light their face if somebody were to give their life to Jesus today, if God's calling you to do that. What greater blessing could you give to your mom to call her this afternoon to say, Mom, I gave my life to Jesus. I gave my life to Jesus. I surrendered my all. And there's no turning back now. Let's pray. God, we we thank you. God, thank you for a story like Rahab. Lord, uh, as a reminder to not give up. To not give up when the trials get heavy. To not give up when others are slandering our names and, and whatever else it may be. God, let us use this story as a launch pad for what's to come. Lord, I believe the best is yet to come. In each and every heart here, I believe the best is yet to come. Lord, and I just, I just thank you for who you are and, and the, the valley that you help us climb out of so often to get us on a mountaintop, to, to make us feel like we are worth something. Lord, let each and every person today leave this place knowing that there is a worth to them. God, that, that, that you are so worthy. God, that you can save a, a wretched sinner like me, then you can save a wretched, a wretched sinner like others. Lord, I, I believe that you can redefine us. You can redefine the church and to help us understand what the purpose is ultimately going to be, and that's to reach others for your name. Lord, as we close out in a a song, God, we're going to sing about how good of a father you are. And let us understand and, and mean those words as we sing praises to you today. Lord, if there's somebody here that needs to make a decision for you, God, I pray that they won't leave this place until they make that decision. We give you glory and praise for it all. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise team, if you'll come on up, we're going to We're going to sing a a closing invitation song. This is going to be Good, Good Father. So you go ahead and stand with us this morning as we get ready to close this out. Good, Good Father.
attendance and um, just right after the service. We're going to meet for 10, 15 minutes at tops, I promise. won't be long, um, but if you need to leave, Tiffany is in the back right now with Mother's Day gifts as you as you leave, and, and we want you uh, to be able to get that. I'm going to give about two or three minutes for our, our nursery and our kid workers to get over here. Um, so I'm going to pray. Close us if you need to go. You can go. We understand, and then give them time to get over here. So parents, if you can go get your kids really quick, bring them back, run them back over here. Uh, we'll, we'll get started as soon as we see people starting to come back in. Let's pray. God, thank you for a morning that you have given us to worship. Lord, I pray that we leave blessed today knowing that, that you were here in our midst, that you worked in our midst. And God, I, I, just, I just pray for our mothers especially today, that God, you would give them the courage and you would give them uh, just the understanding as they go day to day, Lord, a sacrifice that they make. Lord, be with us as we leave and, and we get ready for this weekend. And uh, God, we pray for a blessing over uh, the fundraiser that we're going to have. Lord, just, just send people our way. Uh, God, that we can love on that also we can nourish with food as well. We give you glory and praise for it all. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, two or three minutes. <laughs>